Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and yes, I am your host, Rob Watson. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm not going to lie. I never lie. And we always have a great show lined up for you. Um, so those two are easy to put together. Um, but uh, we have another musical show. Last week we had Oscar on from Sweden, who is a hot new young artist, 15 years old, uh, made a hit in L.A. and Texas on his tour over here um, with kind of his indie rock feel. Today we are also introducing you to a musician who you may not have heard of yet, um, but you will. She is going to be incredibly popular, I guarantee you. Um, And to prove it, we are going to play one of her songs, and you will absolutely agree with me. Um, Her name is Alice Vibe. She is in the dance and... I want to say indie dance because why I would describe her that way is her her dance music is absolutely infectious, um, but it isn't just something you want to go out and bop around on the dance floor to. Her lyrics can get kind of deep and intriguing and 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 pull you in in that way. So it's a very unique style. Um, but um, very, very infectious. She started out in Italy, in Milan, and um, was part of the music scene there. She has relocated to Nashville, and don't get confused, she has not gone country on us, um, but she is part of the No Country Nashville music scene. So she's part of the artistry, in Nashville that is growing, that is expanding the diversity of the music that we can expect from Nashville. Um, we, Like I said, we are going to be playing her latest hit um, or her latest release. Um, it should be a hit, and it will be a hit. Um, it just came out a few days ago called I Want It All, and uh, we're going to talk about that and her other song, Um, that she released called Surfing Delight. Um, She is uh, highly influenced by a bunch of pop stars from Madonna to Lady Gaga. She absolutely loves Miley Cyrus, which I cannot blame her. We love her too. Um, And is influenced by the likes of Freddie Mercury and Dua Lipa, as well as some old school influences, um, you know, back in the day from the the folk era um, because of their thought and deep lyrics that they put into it. So um, she's waiting in the wings, but before we bring Alice Vibe on, we do want to talk to Brody Levesque. Brody is the uh, co-host of the show. He is also the managing editor of the Los Angeles Blade magazine, of which, um, full disclosure, I write for so you can find my articles on there, too, when Brody is in the mood. Um, 
as well as really news-breaking uh, or breaking news uh, journalism affecting the LGBT community. Uh, and you should be watching this site every single day for the latest news. Um, the Los Angeles Blade most recently won the coveted Best Journalism Award from GLAAD, so they are getting their due recognition. Um, but in the meantime, here's Brody Levesque with the latest news breaking today. Hey, Brody, what's going on? Good afternoon and good morning and good evening to all of our listeners, regardless of where you are around the globe. We do have breaking news. Um, a federal judge in the Southern District of Texas today ordered a restraining order uh, blocking the Texas drag ban law. This is Senate Bill 12. Uh, from taking effect on Friday. So this is kind of an important thing. Um, the drag shows uh, have been a point of contention across the United States. We've now had several federal judges rule on the constitutionality of it. A couple months ago, we had a U.S. District Court judge uh, in Tennessee um, rule on the legality and constitutionality of it uh, and said, no, this this isn't, which leads kind of to the second story of the day, which happened actually yesterday, and that was a Tennessee district attorney um, threatened to prosecute pride organizers in Black County, Tennessee, which is just south of Knoxville. Um, a U.S. district court judge had said that the state ban was unconstitutional because some of its vague warning and some other things. The DA in this county in Tennessee was arguing that that U.S. District Court judge's ruling only applied to Shelby County, which is the greater Memphis area. Um, and so now there's a, there's a tug of war back and forth on that. Most legal experts that I've talked to have said that, a, you know, an injunction is an injunction, especially the way that the U.S. District Judge worded it in Tennessee. You know, the district attorney uh, in Black County really doesn't have a lot of room to stand on. But unfortunately, uh, the letter that he sent uh, to the organizers threatening them with arrest and all sorts of legal remedies uh, got some cages badly, badly rattled. Uh, the American Civil Liberties Union has now jumped into the fray, uh, and they have now sued uh, the Tennessee okay. district attorney. So. Go ahead. Good, um, because he's an idiot. Um, yeah, so what? what is – yeah, no, I want to get into this one a little bit. What is the injunction that he is trying to impose on the pride organizers? You know, is, uh, is he – have they declared that, you know, not that they wouldn't have drag performers there, but is that part of what they have declared they're going to do? I mean, what grounds does he even – in his demented mind, have to go against the pride organizers? Well, a little bit of background. Uh, on April 1st, the Tennessee legislature and Governor Lee signed a law that bans male or female impersonators from performing in public spaces. And that was the state law that the U.S. District Court judge actually in um, Memphis area blocked. And the grounds for blocking it, according to that judge, who, by the way, is a Trump appointee, was that the law was specifically designed to stifle constitutionally protected speech. 
Okay, it said no, that's unconstitutional. Now, the the district attorney in this case in Black County, which is south of Knoxville, Brian Desmond, um, threatened the pride organizers in Black County's arrest under the now unconstitutional provisions, arguing that the ruling does not apply to his office and his uh, district. Um, So what ended up happening was the ACLU and some others basically took him into court and said, you can't do this. There's a U.S. district judge that says, yeah, no, unconstitutional. You know, the ruling does apply to your office. The, the county has a pride event that they've been doing for the last three years at a place called Maryville College. Uh, it's an all ages without restriction. And, you know, there's an all ages family friendly, you know, drag show, just like every other pride festival, which is what triggered um, the letter from the DA threatening, uh, you know, the organizers and also the people at uh, this college for even thinking about putting it on. Uh, and again, um, the ACLU and, and a couple of the other legal groups immediately filed response to it um, with a lawsuit in, in U.S. District Court uh, in Nashville. Now, in this particular instance, It'll be on a fast track. The federal court in Nashville more than likely is going to reference the federal court in Memphis and basically say, no, you can't do this. Um, And, you know, there is a um, ruling in there, okay, under legal precedence, okay, and this is just how this has always worked, that when one court rules a law unconstitutional and enjoins an agent of the state from enforcing it, which is what happened in Shelby County, all agents of the state are similarly barred from enforcing it, okay? There was a court case that was cited by the ACLU in the court filing this morning, which was Will versus Michigan Department of State Police. And this is fairly common. They, they will cite what they call case law. In this particular instance, a suit against a state official in his or her official capacity is not a suit against the official, but rather a suit against the official's office. As such, it is no different than a suit against the state itself. Okay? Now, the argument there that was pointed out was that denying that legal precedence or case law would simply mean a state could simply relitigate a case by repeatedly switching districts and offices from enforcing a law. Well, right. No. Under the I, Paris- yeah, I get. I, yeah, I get. I get the his his ruling or his statement is on, not on good legal standing anyway. I'm just kind of going back to the outset of it that even if it were a, a couple of things, one to threaten somebody with arrest preemptively seems. Like just at that level alone is bizarre. It's like calling you up, Brody Lebeck, and saying, Brody, by the way, I'm I'm threatening you with arrest for the bank that you haven't robbed yet. I mean, it's like it makes no sense. Like just in terms of the process. So anyway, I don't want, didn't mean to belabor it. I, I stand by my statement. The guy's an idiot. I hope the ACLU takes him down and hard. Um, you know that the whole thing is is fairly obscene. 
Um, tell us what's going on with that governor, though, and the thing he just signed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here we go again. Um, Nebraska's Republican governor, uh, Jim Pillen, just signed an executive order. Um, this was yesterday. Declaring that the definition of male and female, okay, was solely based on biological sex at birth, okay. Um, the whole the whole thing um, is um, it gets to the point where there he's also threatening you know legislative efforts, um, you know I'll. I'll have to point this out to, you know, our listeners. Um, it, the whole problem is this, is that right now we have a smaller select group of people, in this particular case, a woman by the name of Riley Gaines, and she's a former swimmer, University of Kentucky, and she was beaten by a trans woman uh, at the, NAA, uh, the NCAA's Division One. Uh, conference and it was a trans woman and she's gone full on transphobic and so she's carrying this message around the U.S. She had had a meeting with Pillen and some of the other Nebraska officials a couple of weeks ago to push for these restrictions on trans athletes. Okay, uh, which is which is accomplished with this executive order. The problem with this is that it's they're doing this full court press and this governor is now the second governor to do this, okay? Um, so whether or not the rest of the Republican Conference of Governors is going to use anybody's guess, but they're rapidly discovering with federal judges saying, wait, hold up, you can't do it because of this. They're trying to work, do a workaround by simply limiting it with their own states as executive orders, which is awfully difficult to challenge, okay? And that's kind of the other part of this is by – Maneuvering it that way, it it does become difficult to challenge. So this is kind of where we're at with this, and this is what you know most of us have been watching. You know, and Nebraska really isn't that much different than some of the other red states or flyover states, however you want to put it. Um, the first governor to do it, unsurprisingly, was Oklahoma's governor. And as you know, Oklahoma's been waging war on the trans community for a while. Right. So. It's it's not much of a you know stretch to see Nebraska do it either. There was also a hugely nasty battle earlier this spring um, over some anti-trans legislation that uh, ultimately uh, got filibustered to death by um, actually one lawmaker who I got to give her props, uh, a senator who was just incredible. Uh, so this is just kind of an answer to it. And, you know, people ask if there's a direct, you know, correlation impact to it. The truth of the matter is, yes, I mean, we are now seeing bomb threats being levied against libraries over this. Uh, we have a library in Davis, California, which is in suburban Sacramento. It's about probably 15 miles due west of the capital city. And they had rented a space to the Moms for Liberty and an anti-LGBTQ outfit and, um, one of Riley Gaines' associates was there, and as the meeting started to drag on, it became an anti-trans, misgendering, transphobia fest. The library director, because it was violating library policy, threw them out. Uh, Riley Gaines and everybody else got on Twitter, and the next thing you know that anybody knows is now the 
Yellow County Sheriff, the FBI, and the Davis Police are dealing with bomb threats. There's been three separate sets of bomb threats against the library, you know, itself. In fact, the most recent one was on Monday, as a matter of fact. And and we're starting to see this elsewhere. Um, you know, the radicalization and, and the threat level is very real. And when they don't get their way, then they resort to this sort of nonsense. So when you have right. a governor in a return of the conversation, when you have a governor like Pillen and another governor like, what's his name down there in Oklahoma, um, doing this sort of thing, you know, there's a directly attributable impact to it. So this is some of the things that we're watching, and this is what we're seeing. So, so Brody, uh, apart from the, you know, the celebratory or the um, ceremonial affront to trans people that that these edicts are are conveying what is the practical ramifications for a trans person in nebraska that that this order has come down what 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 how does this affect them specifically well because the definition is a person's biological sex is defined at birth Let's talk about the Department of Motor Vehicles issuing a driver's license. This EO means they can't change a gender marker, okay? That's simple. Uh, that's just one of many different myriad of things that are directly impacted. I mean, Kevin Stitt, the governor of Oklahoma, when he did his executive order, got a little bit further into the weeds uh, in terms of health care and a bunch of other things. It, it essentially purposes for the state government that you, you know, a male's a male, a female's a female, and the birth certificate is it. If it says born a woman at birth, then that's it, end of discussion. So by taking away gender markers and taking away the flexibility there, you know, in effect, you are locking a transgender individual into the wrong birth sex. It's really what it right. means. For no, that can affect all for sorts no, of... For, yeah, for no beneficial reason. I mean, it's like it. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. So. I mean, it, I okay. mean, it goes well, from that to the mundane. You know, it yeah. back to the bathrooms and changing rooms and the rest of it. So we will we will continue this on another day, but um, yeah, the, the fight continues. So I'm going to pivot to somebody who who stands for being your own self and freedom and liberty. Et cetera, et cetera, and does so through her music. Um, I want to welcome uh, Alice Vibe to the show. Alice, welcome. Hi, hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Hi. <laughs> oh, so 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 glad to have you. Um, I, I, Thank I, you. I wanted to say you and I probably have something in common, although it's probably a stretch to call it too in common. Too in common, but. You grew up in a small town or were, were born in a small town outside of Milano in Italy. And yeah. in my young life, from age 10 to 13 and a half, I was down much further in the boot down in Napoli. Um, so oh, I, I, <laughs> I love can, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the flavor of which you come. Um, what was Thank What you. was that like growing up in a... a a small Italian town, and then uh, migrating into the bigger city? Uh, 
it was like honestly it was great because I got a chance like I, I since I was a kid like I was going out my parents they were feeling super safe and like letting me go out and have my own experiences you know because we were like literally in a very safe environment even if we were like just 15 minutes from Milano so after my middle school, I started like, you know, hanging more and more and more in the city because, you know, I was like going to my high school there and then like making new friends there. And then also like the music scene is way more like, you know, big there. And I mean, Milano is one of the main cities for music in Italy. So, uh, but it was great to like kind of experience both sides because then when I met some people, that grew up in Milano in the city, they told me like, you were lucky because when we were like 10 years old, we couldn't go out, you know, yeah. unless we were with like our family, our parents, whatever. But I, like, I was having the best time since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so it was really fun. Oh my God. Yeah. To be, be in the Italian countryside anywhere in Italy is, I mean, just so rich and, and just, yeah an incredible um, experience, just, you know, the taste, the yeah. flavors, the, you know, the whole em- environment, um, uh, you know, and Milano, it, it uh, always had the reputation. I have to say, I did not get, I, I visited it very briefly, but didn't get to spend yeah. a lot of time there, but it struck me as kind of like the Paris or New York city of Italy, if you will. I don't know if that's a right yeah. comparison. You know, it's I the, think so. the hub of, yeah, the cutting edge of fashion and music and, absolutely. Um, and business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, um, what I say always, like, when people come over to visit Italy, you know, they go to Rome, they go to Florence, they go to Venice. And they're like, yeah, I, like, I just stopped by for a few hours in Milano. And maybe, like, a lot of people, they're like, um, you know, like, I didn't really like it. And what I always say is, like, Milano is a city that you have to live. You have to experience the vibe of that city. You have, like, to do stuff, to, like, you know, go around. It's, like, it's different. It's, like, a different city from any other cities in Italy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's, it, I would not – I could get why people don't look at it as a tourist attraction. because it, it, yeah. And that was why I didn't spend a lot of time in it because – I, you know, I would have loved to spend time there as a music artist, you know, and have, and although yeah. they would have been insane if they had tried to sign me as a music artist. We'll put that out right up front <laughs> because, because I have no talent. So that would have been a mistake. But, um, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm, I'm a fan, not a, a doer. Um, but it, it definitely was a place that it felt like you had to have a purpose to be there. You couldn't just yeah. go by and have a few pictures but what um i agree what in what made you want to leave there because it, it seems like that is such a creative hub in itself you know what like first the main reason is like i do music in english and i've been doing music in english since like for my entire life i've never written a song in italian and that's a weird thing but it's what it is so <laughs> That was one of the main reasons that, like, kind of, you know, um, made me think about, like, living. And, 
you know, like Milano, yeah, it's a great spot and there's a lot of like creativity there, but at the same time, like it's very like limited, I would say. While here, I feel like there's like plenty of like opportunities and possibilities, you know, and, and plus like I've been wanting to like move here to the U.S. since I was a child. So I grew up with a lot of like stories from my family, like one part of my family relatives, they moved to the U.S. after the Second World War. So, like, there's a whole story, uh, and I grew up with yeah. that. And, you know, like, I had that, like, inner voice inside of me saying, like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> there, there is there's, there's a, a, a really deep tie between Italian-Americans and Italians that, that are back in the home country. And, you know, because I, I think a lot of families, that live in Italy have family members that live somewhere in the United States. And, um, Absolutely. I, yeah, I used to find it somewhat charming because we would, when we lived in Italy, we would meet people and everything else, and they would go, you know, we, we came from California, and we, we would meet people, and they'd go, oh, my God, I have a cousin in Chicago. Do you know them? And we'd go, like, we're <laughs> a little further away. You know, just, yeah, like probably – Probably not, but yeah, it's like, but yay. But it, the really great thing was we had Italian American friends who were born here that traveled over to see us, and we went to their the small Italian towns they came from, and where they connected okay. with the family. And family in Italy is just so, uh, it, I mean, it's so yeah. ideal. I mean, it's like the whole town were related, and they all came out, and it's like such a, a, a huge, <laughs> huge value um, there. So Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So love, love the background. But um, so I want to pivot. Thank you. So the, the place that you came to, um, and mm-hmm. I found this fascinating, is you've relocated to Nashville, but you're not a country <laughs> music star. You are part of the no country scene there. What, uh, what, what was it about Nashville that called you? All right, so that's another thing. Yeah, I know, like, uh, I do pop, like, I do everything but country, but, like, but I grew up with Hannah Montana, come on. I grew up with Hannah Montana, you know, like, I was just, like, loving that vibe, and I was just, like, I want to go to Nashville and see, like, what is out there in terms of, like, music and, you know, like, influences and music influences and, like, whatever I can take it from, from that thing. And and I wasn't wrong because the first time I got to Nashville was like five years ago, and it was like a like a trip for me. Like it was a thing that I was planning for a while, and I was like, I'm just going there and see what like you know what's going on there. And I came here, and I was like, I'm gonna move here. I just love that like every every in every corner, like you smell music everywhere. So, and, and plus, like, yeah, there's a lot of country, okay? Like, it's mainly country, but it's not only that. And I feel like I had the feeling that I, you know, found my, I could find my spot. I could find my place here. I could find, like, the place that I belong. And and I know, like, I, I honestly, like, I don't know, like, what future or, like, where universe is going to take me next. And if I'm going to stay here, like, for how long, I don't know. Maybe I will, you know, like swing over there, swing by over there in LA and, you know, just check it out. Cause 
being like a pop dance artist, I feel like that would be like a great scene for me. But for now, like I really, I don't know. I just felt like this attraction since I was like very young. And then I just made it happen. And now I'm here. And honestly, I feel like I'm in the place. I'm in the right place at the right time. That's that's that says it all. I mean, and actually, I love that you're in Nashville because to me, it's it's more interesting to bring a fresh genre into a place rather than show up in a place and just try to fit in with everything that's very much like you or 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 oh, absolutely. In that, so yeah, yeah, no, no, it's just. it's an interesting contrast, which is kind yeah. of part of what you exude anyway. Because the thing, and my perspective of Italy, having lived there, and you know, I know Southern Italy and Northern Italy are very different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the spirituality mm-hmm. of Italy is very old school, very old school Catholic Church, and deeply rooted in superstitious. Um, beliefs and different things like that. Yet your music yeah. and what you stand for is kind of, and I don't mean to be judgmental, but a much higher level of spirituality that you seem to exude, and you integrate spirituality and creativity and art. Absolutely. Talk to me about spirituality. Where did you? How? What brought you to your personal spiritual awareness? Oh, well, that's, that's been a, like a great journey, which I'm still, you know, like going through because when you have like, I call it awakening, like, I, and I had mine, like, I, I think I had mine like a few years ago and I kind of started like to be mind, like more mindful and more aware about like so many different things in my life, starting from myself, because like first the first thing that you you gotta do when like whenever you started to be like to become more aware of like who you are and who you want to be and like where you want to go and like what's your soul purpose what's your life mission and everything you know you have to start like working like shadow working within you and then you can start like working with other people to make like to try at least you know uh help them raise their awareness and then like it's gonna be like um a whole process where like you start with a person and then another person and then another person. And, and it's amazing to see like the outcome like around you after that. So I started my own journey and that helped me so much with my music and my creative creativity as, as well. Cause I kind of like, I was in a, in a moment of my life where I was like, kind of like cut off with everything that was going on around me. And I was like, I was just like doing things because I was doing them, not because like I was aware of what I was doing. You feel me? So I was just like making music because I was making music. I was like doing anything because I was, I was just doing it. And then when I stopped and I just like realized who I like wanted to be and why I, I wanted to do some like certain things in my life. And then it's when I started to be like intentional in my music. And then it's like mm-hmm. when I realized why I'm a musician, why I'm an artist and what I want to do with my music in my life. And, and it's been amazing because 
And can I say, like, uh, yoga is, like, a big part of this because I'm, I'm, like, very into that and very into that, like, type of, um, you know, culture and tradition. Uh, so I got very close to, like, yoga and all the breath work and meditation and everything, and that gave me, like, a little, like, boost to my cre- creative life and so to my music, too. And... And then I, like, kind of, like, changed completely, you know, my way of, like, acting, thinking, and speaking with people, speaking with myself, and that's, like, what my music is all about right now. Yeah, it's, and I, I think you can see that. I mean, you're, you have um, four, four singles that, at least on iTunes, that, that are, are yeah. available um and the the first one welcome home is um yeah. and both both your your previous work welcome home and shake the world both are great songs and, and i'm not yeah. not putting putting any shade towards those at all uh that they're they're um good solid pop songs when mm-hmm. you released um surfing the light that yeah that song really feels elevated um you know and and infectious on a like a whole new level i mm-hmm. and i don't mean to compare it like you know putting them up against each other but it was very reminiscent yeah. for me of madonna's ray of light you know and kind of a uh-huh. departure she made in her that. music of of you know where it's like you you let the song wash over you 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 know, you hear the lyrics and they have different things in them that are super inspiring. Um, uh, and and in, in Surfing the Light, um, you talk about we survive, we love, we fight, don't cry. And I know yeah. you, you got to this out of a dark period for yourself. So you were mm-hmm. kind of writing this for your own uplift. But talk to us about Absolutely. the creation of that song and what what how that came about for you. Yeah, you just mentioned like my favorite line of that song. I promise. <laughs> 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 that is my favorite. Yeah, because it's just like it's so real and so true at the same time. You know, so it's just like telling myself like literally, we survive with love, like we can fight with love. So don't cry. That was like, like a, I was telling that to myself because I was like, yeah, going through like a little dark period. And plus, like I was looking around me and I kind of like, I was just like seeing a lot of like humans, very like discouraged and very like passive and very aggressive and very, you know, discontent about life. And I was like, why is everyone just complaining instead of, like, doing something, you know? Why is everyone just complaining instead of, like, being better and maybe attract, like, things and better things, you know? Because I really do believe a lot in the power of, like, attraction and manifestation because I have, like, evidences of that in my life. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, I was exhausted about, like, seeing people around me like that. And also because that was, like, you know, dragging me down. Like, I was feeling down. I was feeling even myself, like, I was feeling sad and confused about everything. 
And, you know, I was, like, starting to have, like, a lot of, like, you know, down moment, even with myself, like, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. I was like, why this is happening to me? You know, I'm like, and that was the moment when I was like, I need to like, I need to say it out loud. I need to say out loud to the people that were like, literally like, allow me to say that screwing this place because that's, that was the feeling that I was having, you know, like all these, these wars and the people angry with each other. I was just like, I'm tired of all of this, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, okay, I need to say it out loud. And that's when I, when I wrote that, that chorus. I, it's actually, and then, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a super important song because of mm-hmm. what it can do for people. It's like, there are songs that you listen to when you're in a bad place that are, you know, like they're sort of flip the switch anthems of like, okay, I'm going to get out and, you know, I'm going to celebrate whether I feel it or not. You know, it's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, but um, Surf the Light, I think, first of all, it's sort of ethereal. So it puts you, even though you're dancing, it puts you in kind of an ethereal place, but it also yeah. the surfing the light helps people that are feeling dark to reach for the light as part of the process. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for a lot of, like we talked about some really heavy stories of, you know, in this country of people mm-hmm. going after trans kids and a lot of those kids are very vulnerable That's to insane. depression and, and all that. Yeah. And I, I would love for them to kind of, dance out to this song and reach for the light and look at, you know, and get themselves above the day-to-day fray of the negativity that, that is happening um, yeah. around that. So it's, Absolutely. I, I, just, I would love that. Yeah. I think, I think it's super inspiring. The, um, uh, I tried to get that song actually, so we could play it on the show and the, um, mm-hmm. you know, going with the flow and the, and the way things work, um, it still has not processed. So I can't play it today. But what I can play is the song that yeah. you just released. Um, and if you're yeah. okay with that, I'd like to play it now. It is called yeah. I Want It All. So let's, yeah. let's play that. Because that is that is empowerment on a whole new level. Here we go.
of karma, human kind is at the service of love, conquering the land of the truth, being in the voices of creation. Creation. That was, I want it all, and oh my God, what a great empowerment anthem. I just love it. Um, <laughs> fantastic. I was dancing. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I love I've that. been dancing to that. Yeah, no, it's just, um, it, it's, it's um, you know, I talked about Ray of Light with um, uh, Surfing the Light, and, you know, if I was creating a playlist, you know, I definitely would play those in kind of the same playlist, et cetera. This mm-hmm. one I would tag with Born That Way by Gaga just because oh, it's I like love it, you. it's a great <laughs> handoff from you're born this way, this is who you are, and then boom, I I want it all. Go for it all. Be everything Absolutely. you are. And you talk about karma in it. And, um, yeah. you know, and love and just just hugely uplifting. This is a song, once you, you get to that realization, now go for the anthem. How did this come about? How did the, the create, what was the creation process of this song? Oh, so that was interesting because, like, I wrote this song more than a year ago. It was actually, probably it was even like one year and a half ago. So I was like with this amazing guy here in Nashville. I wasn't living here yet. I was still like doing back and forth from Italy. We had this like session, me and this person, and he was like, uh, his name is Damien. He's like an amazing artist. And we were just like, it was the first time that we were like meeting up and we started talking about love in general, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm that type of person who needs like, you know, like real emotions, you know, like the strong ones. <laughs> I don't want like, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I just don't want to settle with like something that, you know, makes me feel happy. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine. No, I want to feel the love. I want to feel the fire inside of me. And at the same time, I want to feel free because for me, love is freedom, you know? I want to be able to, like, love somebody and at the same time be free, feel free to express myself, you know? So that was, like, the the foundation. And then we just, like, started writing that. And then I finished the writing by myself, and that was the moment when I came out with In the Age of Karma and that part, which I love. <laughs> which I really love about the song because I feel like it's the perfect like kind of hand of like everything that was said before. And then after like everything that is being said, you come like at that point of that song when there's like 
in the age of karma, like humankind is at the service of love, conquering the land of the truth, beaming in the voices of creation. And it's like, it's freedom, you know? For me, like this song is epic. So I wanted to write like a song that was epic because the idea of love that I have, it's like epic, you know? Yeah, and I again, it's like I look at the the group that I want to give that gift to the most is our young LGBT kids who are, mm-hmm. you know, under siege that, you know, they're trying to be erased, you know, or their people are trying yeah. to erase them and everything else. And it's like, I, you know, it's, it's, I would love for them to embrace this and hear this and dance to this and, and exude this, you know, that they can Absolutely. have it all. You know, it's like these, yeah. these small minded politicians do not have the power to hold them back, um, despite Absolutely. the fact that they're trying to oppress them. So I, it's like, it, to me, it was like this, this awesome anthem that, that yeah. I, I, hope, I hope gets played and, and embraced and used because it's, it's needed right now for so many um, kids to, to have in their life. Um, you are you are on the brink of a big project, and that's all I know. What can you tell us about yeah. what is coming? Okay, I can officially say today that on the 22nd of September, my first EP is coming out. And oh, um, so beyond excited for that. <laughs> Super, super excited. In fact, I think I already signed yeah. up for the pre-order for it. <laughs> Just but full disclosure. <laughs> um, so, so it yeah. does contain these the the two songs we've talked about, Absolutely. and a couple of others. Yeah. Can you give us a hint as to this the spirit of what the other the other songs will be about? Okay, yeah. Without going too it's specific. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because so the name of the EP it's called Reborn. Because, like, all the songs inside of, like, that project are, like, the reflection of what I went through, like, in this last year when I wrote the, all those songs. And I feel like, literally, I feel reborn after all of this, you know, after, like, you know, releasing all my emotions and, like, transforming everything into, like, these songs. I feel reborn. And, like, that was, like, the perfect name for my first EP project. So there's like uh, other two songs, uh, which are like kind of, one is like really like festival song. Like I imagine that song being played at the Coachella, let's say. (laughs) Uh, So it's really like vibey. The other song is like more, it's like more pop, kind of 90s pop. Um, and then there's another one that is so interesting because it's different from all the other songs. And that song is like from, um, let's say three years ago. Uh, I had that song in my, yeah, in my, you know, like USB drive (laughs) for three years. And and now I was like, and and I was just like, I feel like I'm ready. And I feel like it's perfect for like this project because the name of the song is Ecstasy. And it's, it's just like a ballad song, very chill, but it's 
super incredibly powerful because it's like about like purest, the purest love that you could ever imagine. So there's like, there's like a lot of like nice images about like breathing in the sea, breathing out the fears and like, you know, and about timing and about like, like really like this concept of like breathing because at that time was like something that I was like experiencing on a deeper level too. So yeah. So there's also this song, which is like a kind of like different like track from like all the other songs. And then there's something really cool about DP because there's this like one minute intro track that gives the name to the project. And basically it's just like me talking about what is the meaning of like the rebirth for me. And it's really cool. It's really, it's really interesting. Like I promise you're going to love it. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt of that. It's um, <laughs> your, your songs are so um, enlivening. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it, I'm, I'm kind of craving to, hear them in a concert venue over huge speakers with a huge crowd. Uh, do you plan yeah. on touring? What is that in, is that being outlined in the future? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I cannot give details yet, but yeah, I'm working on that. That's, that is awesome. That, that would be. Yeah. Incredibly but I will keep cool. you posted, you know, <laughs> Yeah, definitely, and and, um, and and all I can say as you're planning that tour is um, think California West Coast because I would absolutely love to um, to yeah. uh, attend that and and rock out, rock yeah. out, dance out. Um, yeah. So I know Miley Cyrus is a huge um, interest. You mentioned Hannah Montana. Miley is you know <laughs> actually re talk about rebirth she's you know come back again you know not that she yeah. really went away but she's you know with flowers and um her yeah her song lamenting <laughs> kind of talking about how when she was young um what yeah. uh, what inspiration specifically does Miley give you I love that she's always like she's always doing whatever she wants, you know, like she's one of those artists. She's like one of those few artists that like always, she's always, always done whatever she wants. Like she, I I feel like, I feel like she never compromised herself for like being like for getting famous or like being successful or like she, she's, she's just like, I do this because I like it. So if you like it, that's good. If you don't like it, I'm okay with that too. You know, like that's the feeling that I have every time, like I listen to her stuff because she's never commercial, you know, she's never commercial. Like even Gaga, which I love, don't touch my Gaga, but even Gaga started (laughs) with like something like very, like very commercial, like just dance. Oh my God. Like if I think about Gaga, I'm like, what, you know? And because I'm a big fan of the Joanne album, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so she, she started with that, so she kind of, you know, like, kind of a little bit compromised herself probably before, like, then doing, like, everything that she wanted to, which is, like, a smart move, and I, I'm not, like, against that, I don't judge that, but the point of Miley is that she's always doing everything she wants, no matter, like, no matter what other people think, no matter... 
if like other people would like it or not, you know, and that's like forever. Like she's always done that since like her very first songs. I mean, like when she started, of course, like she was doing the Anna Montana thing, but I, like I'm talking about like the, the albums that she released after that. They're all different because like music reflects like our journey, you know, and I love that she just feels free to express herself. And now she's like in that area of her life and she's just like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. The, one of the things with both Gaga and Miley Cyrus is they both have open doors in terms of, going musically to the past. I mean, Gaga did, yeah. you know, um, you know, the album with Tony Bennett and did standards. Oh my God, and, I love you know, No it. fear of, yeah, of her image. And Miley Cyrus is, you know, she's, you know, basically resurrected John Lennon by singing with Sean Lennon on, um, you know, the, uh, forget the title, but it's Christmas. Um, that the, oh, that yeah. song they did on Saturday Night Live. And then with um, Stevie Nicks, you know, she she has no yeah. problem just, you know, going to the roots. And obviously Dolly Parton, you know, and um, yeah. their, their bond. So here's my question for you, because I see you as this unique mm-hmm. creative artist unto yourself. But who, Thank not you. of, you know, the Madonna and obvious answers, but who of the past artists or of the the more classical artists would you want to collaborate with, even if they're dead? <laughs> I'm not even going to limit you oh. to a live artist. <laughs> okay, so even if they're dead, because I was just like, okay, Etta James, like, I love her. Etta James? Oh, oh my, my God, God. excellent. Yeah, I would do a song oh. with her tomorrow. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, that's, that, yeah. that was not my expected choice, but that is an awesome choice. That And you, oh. Yeah, that, I would kill to hear that. I that know, you didn't expect but. it, but, like, I love, like, really, she, she, yeah, she meant, yeah, she meant a lot to me, especially, like, when I was, like, you know, experimenting and learning when I was younger, and, like, you know, I went to, like, deeper into the blues and soul, and she, like, she really gave me a lot, a lot, and plus, she was so powerful, full of meaning, her vocals are just, oh, my God, an explosion of energy that's, like, for me, is everything, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. Um, so we are literally down to our last three minutes. Um, um, Alice, oh. what haven't I asked you that we should have talked about? Um, I'm thinking <laughs> what's going to happen next. We talked about it. So yeah, just stay tuned with like all my, you know, news updates. So you can follow me on my social media, Alice underscore vibe underscore. And I post like all my, you know, updates and everything. So I probably like, I'm planning. Oh yeah. That's another thing. Like it's a little bit of a spoiler, let's say. But I'm thinking about um, doing, like, an acoustic version of all the songs of my EP. So that'll oh, be awesome. very interesting. Yeah. Very. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That, your voice yeah. is so great, just your voice alone. So Thank you. And that's one thing <laughs> I, I do want to point out to people because, well, you listen to, to your songs and the, the music itself, 
uh, is infectious on its own, but your voice is the e-ticket. And now I've totally dated myself because you probably don't even know what the e-ticket yeah. means. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an old yeah. reference to Disneyland <laughs> meaning the best. But, yeah, um, yeah, anyway, I knew that. Um, I knew that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, great, great. <laughs> so, um, anyway, thank you so much for being here, everybody. Go out to iTunes thank you, right now. The um, uh, Alice Vibes uh, EP is available for pre-order. I happen to know because I already bought it for myself, so you can buy it for yourself, and you need to. Um, and unfortunately, that is it for today. Thank you for being who you are, for your music, for your gift, and for sharing that with the world. We, we deeply, deeply Thank appreciate you. you. I feel so grateful. And, Thank you for inviting me. Oh, our, our pleasure. Our pleasure is ours. And that is it for us today at Rated LGBT Radio. We will be back again next week with another exciting show. Uh, as always, I have no clue who it is and what it is. Brody knows because he's the guy that uh, pulls this all together. Um, But also read the Los Angeles Blade magazine at losangelesblade.com. That is the one place that you need to get your daily information from. I guarantee you it's the finest journalism around, and they have the awards to prove it. So for all of us at Rated LGBT Radio, thank you, and we will talk to you again very, very soon soon you've been listening to rated lgbt radio it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.